is Tennessee Talks with United States Congressman Tim Burchett. Hello, I'm Congressman Tim Burchett, and welcome back to another episode of Tennessee Talks. Today I'm joined by my friend, Representative Anna Polina Luna, who I call Luna. Um, she, Luna represents the good people of Florida's 13th District uh, here in Congress, and she served in the United States Air Force. Is known throughout the country as a leader in the conservative movement. I know that because it says it right there. <laughs> so happy to be here today, Burchett. Mm, thanks for having Frank for having me come in to wait a minute. That's it's your good. podcast. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> I'm tired. Give me a break, Lynn. It's in the week. <laughs> she currently serves on the National Natural Resources Committee and the Oversight Committee, and um, with me on oversight. And she's mama to sweet baby Henry, and um, married to Andy. He's a pretty good dude. Good friend. Actually, out of all the spouses, Spouses. yeah, or some of the most congressmen, I'm, I'm, I'm closer. Yeah, I'm closer to him than I am to most of them. So, anyway, um, of course, we serve on the oversight committee together, and give the the listeners, and they always say listeners, but people actually watch this because they want to see me, you know, and on the hundred percent, yeah, percent. Give us a brief overview of what's happening and why it's so important in oversight right now. So right now, um, and you were there, but Hunter Biden basically defied a subpoena. So for most <coughs> Americans, if you do that, you're held in contempt of Congress. And so shortly after we had our chalk up for that, um, what ended up happening is Hunter Biden's attorneys were like, oh, we're going to come in and we want to play ball now. And so I don't know about you, but I think he wants to come in and he's going to plead the fifth. So we'll kind of see what happens, but that date is to be determined. So I think it's going to happen as soon as we get back. Did you ever see Dave Chappelle when he pleaded the fifth? Oh, 100%. Yeah. yeah. Dave Chappelle's a man. You know he was up here recently, right? I know. Yeah. I missed him. We like Dave Chappelle. Yeah. How different do you think the narrative will be um, when he does his documentary? You know, because it seems like what I was told he was going to do a documentary on Who, Dave Chappelle? No. Hunter Biden? Hunter Biden, yes. Is there a documentary on us? No, on himself. That's why he came up here. Apparently, <laughs> apparently, part of that was part of this documentary. Well, yeah. um, if he needs to interview people for his documentary, I'd like to present to them the Marco Polo book that has his entire Hunter Biden laptop. And I'm sure Marjorie has some of those photos and oversight that you should check out because he's definitely not. I, I don't want to check him out. I was sitting next to Marjorie <laughs> on that, and she said, Burchett, you know, this thing what was getting ready to go down." I was like. I'm staying. Well, you know what's interesting is so many people have tried to attack her for that, but the fact is, is it it's evidence in a hearing. It is evidence, and in a he absolutely did violate the Man Act, and it's interesting because she's pointed that out, and they try to poo-poo it and brush it under the rug. And the Man Act is is transporting humans across state lines, tra- yeah. human trafficking for sexual purposes, and that's exactly what he did. Exactly. Um, what do you think the end game, the Justice Department, that when they won't, why they won't prosecute him? You know, so. Contempt of Congress, um, when it was established, it was when the Justice Justice Department still wasn't supposed to be a political arm of the administration. And so they should hold Hunter Biden in contempt and they should have charged him. But because of the fact that they're not going to do that with now issuing a second subpoena and then also to um, if we do go to vote on impeachment and then it goes to the Senate, it's not going to pass because the Senate's protecting Biden. So I think really what's important for the American people to know and using <coughs> platforms like social media, um, X platform, for example, or even things like this podcast are important in sharing that information because 
it does influence people's decisions on voting. And I think that now that we're coming up on an election year, I think it's important for them to know this fact. All right. Okay. From the laptop, the shell companies, the phone calls to Joe Biden, and the cocaine, <laughs> what do you think the most damning thing about this whole situation is? And I'm going to tell you what mine is. You go. I'm yeah. Sorry. So... I think really it was when we were in and looking at the FBI redacted form and then you realize that the FBI was covering for Joe Biden and then you see what the redacted statements were and that you saw a member of basically Ukrainian oligarch bragging at the fact that it would take investigators 20 years to uncover what we've been able to uncover in oversight and just to see that that they were selling access and really selling out our country it's it's disappointing yeah I think what but the, if they ever get him on anything, if they attempt to, I mean, they can get him on all of it. The Justice Department is corrupted. We yeah. all know that. I, I think it's tax evasion. Oh, for not paying taxes. His yeah. brother, too, $140,000 in taxes. They found yeah. out he hasn't paid. Yeah, yeah. Insane. and then nobody's doing anything. They, they're hitting gig workers. If you have Uber or Venmo or Zelle, they're getting you on there. But if you're Biden, you don't have to pay your taxes. No, yeah, and you're, we're, but we're talking over $20 million that they, that's gone through this family. And it's just, to me, it's... And then, all the other things associated with that. So I have a lot of problems with that. Um, what would you tell Americans that think we should just put him in handcuffs? Um, what would you say to those that that would... Uh, Are getting frustrated? Him? Yeah. Um, I think that a lot of people, like as members of Congress, we're not a, the judge, the jury, and the executioner, right? right? And I'm not calling for violence. It's just a figure of speech. But the point is, is that, you know, we can only bring forward the evidence. There is a separate arm that's in charge of due process and, and bringing that justice system back and really holding them accountable, I think, is what we're doing now. But remember, we still have legislative tools that we're doing. And so um, I actually have a letter that Representative Burchett is looking at currently that's going to be going to, I think, Jack Smith. And as members of oversight, you know, there's things that we can do to hold these people accountable. So more to come on that. I agree. I think we ought to start remember we are the country's purse, mm-hmm. and we need to start um, using it. Using it, yeah, because we um, we sure spend it like crazy, and we ought to pull back on some of it. Yeah, and that's and that's also too. I think going into like the debt discussion, I mean, it's crazy because I've seen you advocate for just common sense. Like people will never spend money in their own personal bank account the way that they spend money oh. up here. And so Rep Birch, it's been really good at, I think, bringing that common sense approach because, you know, there are a lot of people here that I think are out of touch and you're one of the few that's actually a humble dude, so, or a humble member. Thanks. <laughs> I'm a humble dude, thanks. <laughs> well, you just had your baby boy, Henry, who I love very much. Baby Henry, as I call him, um, a while back. How old is Henry now? He's four and a half months. Time okay. flies. Yeah, it does. Um, uh, tell my listeners about the resolution you introduced regarding proxy voting that I'm supporting and spoke on early this morning. Yeah, so you might be surprised to learn that um, in all of Congress, in all of history, there's only been 12 members to give birth, which is 0.1%. And they're of, all female. Of all, Yeah, only female members can give birth. Um, and so when I, prior to having Henry, I actually went and spoke to leadership and they told me that I couldn't vote. And I thought I'd be able to come back earlier than expected. And I had a really rough... Um, recovery. I ended up getting preeclampsia, which if you are expecting or you have a wife that's had a child, you know it's a silent killer woman. It's really, really intensely high blood pressure. So I was pumped full of blood pressure medications. And then also too, I developed mastitis. So I had a really not as expected recovery time. And so it's interesting to me that, you know, we're in 2024 and that if you're a member of Congress and you give birth, they say that you can't vote. And it's happened on both sides. So we came together with this resolution. Um, Representative Sarah Jacobs, who's also 34, of childbearing age in Congress, she's co-sponsoring it with a number of Democrats and yourself, Matt Gates, 
and Lori Chavez de Reamer. So we're hoping that that resolution can change the rules in the House so that you shouldn't be forced to have to choose to whether you can rep your, represent your constituents and or vote. I just think it's it's common sense. Common sense. I, I, I did not vote proxy one time, and I fought the whole proxy thing because I knew, I mean, you know, you'd have votes and, and committees, and, and you'd hear seagulls in the background, you know, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know at, literally, and, you know, they're sitting there at their, you know, and I remember one of the committee chairmen who's a Democrat said, is he on a boat? You know, because this guy was voting from a boat. Well, yeah, the people are voting from fundraisers, space shuttle launches. And so we were very specific to make sure that we respect the Constitution. And so we were moved to establish a quorum, <laughs> which is the number of representatives needed to do business. So it doesn't well, do that. It's just for a vote. Um, so we hope that it passes. I think it should. I hope so. And I hope the Senate takes it up. Um, UAP, UFO, every time we're together or something and we're out, I always get a million <laughs> hits on X or, or Twitter or whatever. Hey, you know, why are you, what, do you, what about this? What about this? What do you think the future is there? Where are we going with So it? let me just, I'm going to toot your horn here for a minute. So Representative Burchett has been leading out this effort. And when I got into Congress, you know, it's it's very hard to find, like, to find a true believer that believes in it for the right reasons, wants to genuinely, I think, bring the truth out there and expose it to the American people. He's one of them, so don't ever doubt that. So much so that, you know, he's ruffled a few feathers up here and people have kind of put him in their sights. So make sure that you back him, if you know what I mean. But what I will say is that um, you have been largely the reason why we've been able to have these hearings. So we're actually going to be coordinating your leading it out location for the next field hearing. And I say that because I think it's time, uh, based on our last um, session that we had, with members of oversight and what we were able to conclude is that, you know, we've brought incredible witnesses. They were telling the truth. And so it's time to move on to the next location. Good. I would, I would just hope we'd have some disclosure with, you know, the, since 47, 1947, they've told us they don't exist, but yet we find out they spend tens of millions, maybe billions. I don't know. Pentagon loses a half, half a trillion dollars. And, um, I just think we need some disclosure. What the heck are they, well, just and, like and what are they, what are they studying? And, and if they don't exist, then why are they using this money? Well, and we we know that also, too, just like based on what we've been able to see evidence-wise. But, I mean, talk about to, for a second the amount of people that have come up to you in office that have told you but are afraid of saying anything because they don't want to yeah, be multiple. The just, just last week I was on, um, before our double secret hearing, <laughs> I was in the gym that morning and I get a phone call from a member. And they said, hey... Uh, are you watching what's on television right now? And it was another sighting somewhere. And I said, I, you know, I'd seen it a while back. I don't get too jacked up on that anymore. And he, and he goes, and he, then he went into explaining how when he was a young man in the military that he'd had a sighting. And he went very, he was very specific. Yeah. And talked about the, the officer that was in charge of the boat and said, you know, we, you know, this is what was going on. And they discussed it and they, you know, were basically, I guess, told not to discuss it anymore. And, and then he was in the hearing with us. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, so we've, um, but it's just every day, it just seems another member of Congress. And so, uh, you know, let's just find out what they're spending the money on. Find out what they're spending the money on, but also too, I mean, you saw recently there was that footage of, what is it, the jellyfish UAP, and you see that and you just realize, okay, not only does that look creepy, but what is it? And so I think that these are important questions that we need to continue to this ask. This is over a military base. Too. Over a military base, and the individual that recorded it was looking at it through could looking at it through night vision goggles, but then wasn't able to see it unless he turned on his thermal, um, like th uh, thermal um, flare. Flare. Yeah, flare. So 
I mean, it's been interesting, but I will continue to support you on that effort. And I'm excited because as you're seeing, the more that we're doing these interviews, our group has expanded. So we had 16 members in there last time. So it's pretty good. That's pretty good. Yeah. That's a good start. They us. try to say we were crazy. Yeah. <laughs> we already know we are. That's a, <laughs> move to the next one. Hey, hey this is... This is the part where the people enjoy the most and I dislike. I need to ask my people to take this out. But I get to ask, <laughs> you get to ask me anything you want. So you showed me this really cool Honda CB that you were able to restore. But I want to know, how did you get involved in auto work? Because that's kind of like, I mean, you're kind of a well, nerd if you're able to break that down and put it back together. Yeah, to I have motorcycles. I've always dug motorcycles. That and like, I want to know how you got into making skateboards. Okay. Well, skateboards, <laughs> yeah. It's cheaper than a psychiatrist. But um, <laughs> my daddy was a, was a mechanic and daddy was college educated, but he was, he didn't have a lot growing up. So he, you know, he just fixed everything. And mama was from the country. And, um, you know, daddy just, he rode and he painted Parmall tractors and, and then when the war broke out, he I think he stole a motorcycle on one of the islands and drove it around a little while. And, <laughs> but after the war, um, he, you know, he just going to raise a little hell. And um, so he um, he used what's called his mustering out pay. I don't know what that was, a couple of hundred bucks. Went down <laughs> to the, the Indian dealership there in Clarksville, Tennessee, and bought an Indian still in the crate, as oh, they so say. Cool. Brought it home, put it together, and it was a uh, seafoam blue. 19, it was being about a 46 or 47 chief. Because the war had just gotten out, and he, um, that was my stomach growing here. Yeah, Bert like needs a PB and J. Yeah, I know. I PB and I didn't get that already, Doug. <laughs> but no, uh, and then he drove it around the country and and then raised a little hill on it and then sold it to buy my mama her wedding ring. So that's I, so cool. I gave my wife Kelly that that wedding ring, and there was a little gold left over on it, and I made a little ring for Isabel too. That's so and cool. And so um, that's my awe moment. But um. Anyway, I know my mom. Would, my mom would have thought that's cool. But then, after, when my daddy died, backtrack a little bit. My daddy died, and a good friend of mine, and Conrad Schultz, who since died, he's a British motorcycle guy. Didn't like American motorcycles, but some guy brought in an Indian, and he uh, and he called me and said, "Hey, I got this Indian." And I said, "What?" I went over and looked at it. Said, <laughs> Forty-seven Indian Chief Blue, and I said, "I'll buy it." And so. Um, actually, me and my mama bought it. Actually, we'd always go hapers on stuff. That's another story. It's just <laughs> kind of a thing. And then, um, you know, but daddy would always like, one time he went to the junkyard and, and bought a VW engine locked up for, you know, nothing. It was scrap back then. Now they're really collectible. And he just left it there in the driveway and said, go ahead, take it apart, see what makes it work. And I did. And that sort of, and I figured it That's out. That's how you started it. Yeah, and my brother's a great mechanic, too. He's a great mechanic. I'm not. I'm just a, a you know, I can watch a YouTube video and rebuild You tinker. It. Yeah, I tinker a lot. But anyway, <laughs> so, and I collected old motorcycles. When I married Kelly, I had over 100 motorcycles. But, you know, not like Jay Leno. Or well, anything. so... I have it. I'm going to get it on the podcast. So we have your word that you'll help us find a, a Honda CB for Henry. Yeah, it's called, you want a Z50. I want a Z50, Z50. Honda CB. I, I prefer it in blue and silver. But okay, if you well, have you, it in red, it's good you, you can get it whatever color you want. You can repaint them. It doesn't yeah. matter. But um, And on the skateboards, it's just, uh, I just, uh, bamboo is cool. It's like poor man's carbon fiber. <laughs> poor man's carbon fiber. I read, yeah, in 1980, I read an article in that, I'll go real quick, National Geographic, uh, in National Geographic, I was, on, I was playing for Bearden High School football team, and during two days, I was the smallest guy on the team, and I was always just get the crap kicked out of me. So in between two days, I just lay on the couch at the house, and then um, I was reading National Geographic magazine, 
uh, and there was an article about bamboo in it, and I've always been fascinated with bamboo. It's a member of the grass family. It's not really a wood. But anyway, so there's a synagogue in town where they grow. There's this bamboo in the back, and the, they get a new rabbi. They're like Methodists. They get a new rabbi every few years. <laughs> and so I always go and say, hey, can I? And they take it all because it just... It, it grows it, like it, a weed, it, doesn't it? Oh, it is. It's super invasive. It's not a native to this country. There's only two kinds that are native to this country, and this is not one of them. And so, anyway... So, so you my, actually make the boards from the bamboo that you cut down. I do, and I. That's crazy. But but this latest board I made them. I'll bring it up. It's um off a piece of wood I found on the side of the interstate at one of my exits at Lenore City when I was getting off. And, <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, I've, I got a picture. I'll show it to you later. But anyway, I'm I'm finishing it up, and um um. But anyway, that's about it. Well, guys, you heard it here first. Burchett's one of the coolest members of Congress, and <clears throat> he takes heat from our own team on UAP disclosure. So make sure yeah. you support him. Yeah, thanks, dude. Appreciate it. Thanks, Lynn. And <laughs> Andy, thank you, brother. And baby Henry's, Henry's. over there. Yeah, they're he's, both here right now. Andy, yeah, little Henry's in his little uh, little bear suit. Looks really cute. Um, <laughs> Luna, I want to thank you for joining me today. Um, thank you for serving our country in uniform. I think that's really cool. At least at my house it is. And continue <laughs> to serve the the people of Florida here in, in Washington. And I'm, I'm Congressman Tim Burchett. And that's me. I'm the one behind the mic in case you couldn't. I don't know why that, this beautiful face they put me behind this microphone. <laughs> And um, I want to thank y'all for listening to another episode of Tennessee Talks. Make sure you like, subscribe, and share the podcast. Yeah, what she said. (laughs) Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to this episode of Tennessee Talks. Please subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Keep up with Congressman Burchett by following Rep. Tim Burchett on Twitter and Instagram and Congressman Tim Burchett on Facebook and YouTube.